Hey, welcome to the Pocha podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene, and we are currently at the intersection of I-25 and middle of nowhere, Kat. And that's because we are on a road trip. Road tripping. So it is May. I was just about to say it's April. It's May. <laughs> this is our weedy weedy. Maybe it feels a little bit like April because there's just a lot of things and we're going backwards again and feeling overwhelmed and all of the things. Absolutely. Uh, COVID cases are spiking again in New Mexico. The Supreme Court wants to take us back to 1962. It's all a time warp. Indeed. Woo! So here we are, road tripping, and because we get to spend several hours in a vehicle together, <laughs> I always think it's a good idea that we should record. Yes, you do. All the time. So for this Weedy Weedy, um, okay, so we'll play a little bit of a clip, and then we're going to discuss. But I mean, this isn't the only thing we have to discuss. There is a couple I have. <laughs> you laughed, but I have uh, post-it notes of a couple thoughts. Uh, you are you busted out your post-it note stack out of a gum case and it was very Mexican recyclable uh, vibes that I appreciated um, you know they are per- I'm not even gonna defend but I will just say that they are perfect for holding the stuff in the things but yes I, so it's not just this clip that we'll hear from Bill Maher um, maybe we'll toss in a couple more things because it is graduation season um, and we are jumping into June. There's Father's Day around the corner, all of the things. So first we'll hear a clip and then we'll come back. Yes, part of the rise in LGBT numbers is from people feeling free enough to tell it to a pollster and that's all to the good. But some of it is, it's trendy. If this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. Okay, so that was Bill Maher. Bill Maher is a comedian and a show host uh, on HBO. The Bill Maher Show, I think is what it's called. And, yeah. So, wanted to... Traditionally conservative, white dude, right? Like, is that his shtick? What's his... Uh... What's his shtick? He's not typically conservative. He's he's actually been a little bit more, I don't know, and I hate to have that those are the only two things. He's progressive on some things, but on this particular case, I you know, I have a bone to pick with him about what he was saying. Okay, yeah, you said you had a question that we should uh, pontificate upon, so. So the basic question was just about the trendiness of being trans. And I know you, you've had just a little bit to listen to it and let it kind of sink in. But I think this is, so we are coming up on June. June is LGBTQ Pride Month. This um, being LGBTQ in the Latina community hasn't always been received well for a variety of reasons. Um, One of which is, you know, culturally Catholic, which is very much a, a staple of colonization. But also from from folks that I have heard from they're like oh but being gay or queer is a white thing which kind of is at odds with a colonization mindset but I wanted to just chew on this for a second with you so what were your initial thoughts when you heard that so uh, disclaimer I am not trans um 
and so to comment on any of this feels very much like I need to say that it is coming from my straight brown perspective um because he's a comedian some of the things I chuckled like haha uh but also very interesting the so he's, he's throwing out some statistics also right like here are the numbers here's what we're looking at and this is why this is of concern um I don't know I I I want to say that I wouldn't call it trendy as much as to say there is going to be an increase in out people, whether they're LGBTQ or trans or what whatever part of that spectrum they fall on, because the acceptance is more widespread, because they're seeing themselves represented in media, because they're seeing themselves represented in their family, they're hearing about gay and trans relationships and what that can look like we're seeing some of these things so it makes sense to me that these folks who may have stayed closeted their entire lives are now able to say this is who I am that was my very first instinct so and and I know that you you have this disclaimer but you're the other reason that I wanted to talk to you about it and have this as a weedy weedy piece was because you are probably the straightest person I know. Yes, you are cisgender, but you're also a parent. You're a parent who, and part of his shtick with this whole, like, trans is trendy was um, kids go through phases. And, you know, while I have my views on the trendiness of being LGBTQ as a queer person, you know, having this conversation with someone who is a parent and is cis and straight um, is a is a different viewpoint, I think, that is worthy of um, a weedy weedy. I will also say that as a person who has been, had the privilege of cycling through many, many classrooms and many, many elementary school students and personalities and parents, there were children that I either happened to be their teacher for some point in time or that they were in a classroom that I would visit as elementary school children that even if they didn't have the words to say that they were trans you were like oh yeah this kid is definitely living outside of their given body and trying the best that they can to be something else um so I feel like I've seen that in children as for kids going through phases oh my god totally completely and yes and I will say I had a phase where I totally wanted to be a boy and not because I wanted the body parts or to dress like a boy or any of those things but because boys got treated differently and I wanted to be treated like the boys were being treated because I wasn't getting treated like that by my teachers by my family by anybody because I wasn't the preferido like that was not um how I got treated as a girl and I wanted to have that sort of power and control and be able to just decide things that you know the family would listen to or whatever so I do think there are phases and I do and I do think that this could be a phase that kids could be in that they could grow out of and my response to that is and who cares Um, I once went through a phase where I thought I wanted to be married to a person that sucked and then I grew out of that phase so (laughs) uh, you know 
Um, I'm sure there are people who have uh, gone through phases that they that they have grown out of, and and you know what? And what? Like, and what? What difference does it make? Um, I don't know. What is? What are? What are your thoughts? So some of my initial thoughts were like, okay, baseline. Um, he's a comedian, and his job is to get people to for this particular show watch the show he needs ratings right so um distilling something to a trend and putting some jokes around it you know that's going to get some views already what do they say any um any attention is better than no attention so this is getting a lot of traction on twitter so on and so forth but he is conflating several things and that was my first bone to pick with him is like oh great you're conflating trans a trans individual or trans individuals with a binary a gender binary that is a social construct that's the first conflation right gender non-binary equals trans and those are those are very very different things so that's the first piece that I was like oh you're you either you're really incredibly lazy and you don't want to unwrap things which can be true for an hour show whatever or this is just so that you can get some clicks some hits some extra eyes whatever um does this influence people yes because they are also buying into this conflation of gender nonconformity, and i just really want to hit home that that binary is fully a social construct that girls wear dresses boys wear pantaloons there's blue there's pink all of this shit right which i do not align myself with and he's lumping my busting away from those identities into a trans identity and being trendy so that's one layer of it right and the other piece is like he's i mean there's so many pieces so it's not just like one other but he's using the tropes a lot of ball jokes a lot of dick jokes and that to me is very like oh the importance here isn't so much a trans person who is transitioning male to female for you it's all about i'm sorry the the the, the thing isn't from female to male for you the rub is male to female and what at the end of the day that is is just you're being sexist because you're buying into this sense that male is better and to have any kind of surgery haha insert dick joke is a less than and for what so that you can get extra people so i'm like i'm in, i'm every time i heard it i was like even more and more mad but you know i'm also a parent and yes trends this that and the next and i have kids who in their group of friends have quite a few people who land within the umbrella of LGBTQ and i think that's beautiful and i think that whether or not those kids or my kids are being trendy or influenced by social media the fact that they have people that they can trust and have a circle with and they can be who they are i think that's beautiful and fuck the trend I, it also struck me that he was saying LGBT because I've become so accustomed to adding the Q and I think intentionally leaving out questioning is so telling of where he's at in that binary and understanding it has to be this or that and exactly the things you're talking about pink and blue and wearing 
pants versus skirts or whatever that has evolved over time where we have seen men wearing robes and skirts and kilts and boys were pink and girls were blue until someone decided that the social construct needed to change and that we all needed to buy into that i also think about i get very obsessed with uh random ass nature shows where they're talking about weird animals that i've never heard of or whatever and this is this happens in nature all the time animals do this this is not we're trying to make it sound like this is so unnatural this is not a fucking thing because it doesn't fit what my idea of a man should be and you're just not paying attention i also feel slightly accosted that you had me hear this and talk to you about it mere hours after we had to speak to the gentleman wearing the let's go brandon hat at the gas station who decided that i was the person he needed to have a long ass conversation with as he filled up his rv um and he actually asked me after some pretty uh i won't say he was being controversial but like if i would have gone there it would have been bad like oh you just think everybody should take over the cops jobs huh (laughs) like just on the verge of that um which he advertised himself and his his values with his hat right i'm not making a judgment that he didn't put out there but he was like where's your husband and i was like at home taking care of the kids where he should be and he kind of laughed and then he was like is that really what he does like he got this serious tone i was like uh no but i thought it was hilarious so i uh i don't know cat what do you what do you think about the phases like the the idea of it being a phase i'm with you like who the fuck cares even if it is a phase and the other the other piece i think that gives me a lot of rub speaking of phases is like he's he's conflating that anybody who might have a trans identity a wants to have puberty blockers or is on any kind of hormone and B wants to have surgery, which is not the case. And he's making this huge leap that every single parent who has a trans child or who has a child who is non-binary is automatically going to see a medical provider to get all of these things done, which is not the case. We literally had a conversation with a trans woman who was a practicing pediatrician who said, like, surgery is not the norm for children that is not where we're going with this so the automatic assumption that oh my child's questioning now we're gonna go do the full-on surgery and they're seven like give people some fucking credit give parents some credit give medical providers some credit give people some credit i'm also not gonna let my six-year-old go out and get a fucking neck tattoo like there are things that i'm gonna be like yeah let's let's wait on this let's keep having conversations let's keep reading about it together let's keep learning about it let's keep talking about what that really means for you the other thing i know about spending a lot of time with children outside of my own is that as adults we project a lot of what we know what we think what we believe what we've seen what we've experienced onto the words of children so kids might say a thing that we automatically take to mean this deep understanding this deeply rooted need or want or whatever and they really just mean like oh yeah i saw somebody kiss somebody on the bus like we don't always understand how they know to articulate what they see or think or feel i think the last thing that i'll put in here that i'm mad about and i kind of want to go down a road trip um conversation with you about the let's go brandon guy but the last thing i'll say is um Yes, yes, 
some kid, some youth are pushing against their parents' boundaries to test boundaries, all of the things. But when I tell you that if you think that some youth are going to willy-nilly come out as whatever within the LGBTQ spectrum just for shock value at the possibility of having violence, you are fucking kidding me. That is completely stupid and that's one of the reasons why I waited to come out was because I was, I was afraid in my household growing up. He also said at one point, kids are stupid. And that, I think probably out of all of the things he said, rubbed me the worst because adults have this egocentrism about how we are right and in control and how our children are ours to mold and do all of the things. Let me tell you what, if that were the case, I, uh, my daughter would be a lot different than she is. Um, she has her own little personality and has since the moment she sprang from my body. And that's just how it is because she's her own person. And my job is to make sure that she is safe, that she is protected, that she is able to see different sides of all kinds of things so that she can make decisions about who she wants to be in this life and who she gets to be in this life. So I have to really disagree that kids are stupid. No, we just stopped listening a long fucking time ago. E, I was wondering what you were going to say about that kids are stupid part because they see some things and can cut like why would we have shows that are called kids say the darndest things is because they speak from this very truthful they don't have the the veil they don't have all of the in some cases they do i'm not going to make a huge generalization here right but there is some there are some things that they cut through because they see with different eyes and speak a different truth and i wouldn't call that being stupid i would call that being incredibly observant and not jaded not shaded not with the experiences that adults have there is an episode of this american life called kid logic if you have not listened to it please do it is hilarious and it is exactly what we're talking about kids get to see things from this unique unjaded beautiful perspective that frankly we should pay more fucking attention to than we do because they have so much to teach us and if our first attitude or our bias is already that they don't know shit because they're kids then we're losing out on so much Whew. all right so that that clip did get me in my like that, that just stoked a fire in me that I had to give side eye. I've actually been to a taping of the Bill Maher show. So, and I, I have liked his shows in the past, but he has also been problematic. He's a white guy. He's, you know, all these list of things, right? Privileged, all of the things. So, yeah, he gets to speak from this completely different point and have this completely different point of view that you and I wouldn't have as women women of color as you know me being queer all of the things so yeah that did grab my guff but now that we're road tripping so I'm gonna I'm gonna shift this up I'm not even gonna put it in neutral to give us a nice way into going into gears but <laughs> so we're road tripping and you had mentioned that we were gassing up and we met up with 
well, you did, actually. I was <laughs> sitting shotgun, like, just waiting, hearing. I saw the hat. But it made me think, like, when we are on the road, as brown people at that intersection, right, we're, we're on the road for whatever, um, whether it's a 30-minute drive or, in our case, several-hour drive, how guarded we have to be when we encounter people that we know are flagging themselves one way or another. And, you know, at first I saw that hat and I I was like, do I go out or not? Because I would have otherwise gone out with you and like, ha ha ha. But that, as a queer person, a queer woman of color, I I give myself pause of like, I don't know what to expect because I'm currently wearing an outfit that is, I'm not, except for my chonas and my bra, nothing that I'm wearing is feminine or female at all and that gets a different look than you absolutely no I we were just talking about how I and and we do we flag ourselves in a particular way I happen to flag myself as very femme most of the time that's how I flag myself I wear makeup I have a tendency towards dressing like a golden girl with my flowy outfits that is my goal in life and um And so people approach me in a different way. I will also say that because of my husband, because of our our differing viewpoints on many, many things, uh, and because of the friend groups that I choose to be around, I have the opportunity to engage in these types of conversations very often. And I love them and enjoy them very much with people that I respect and care about and that I know care about me at my core as a human being. But... All that to say, random random dude at gas pump with Let's Go Brandon hat and his RV and all the things, I didn't feel a threat like you may have, like you're describing, but I definitely felt a like, here we fucking go. Like, okay, what is this conversation going to turn into? Um, and it, again, it, it could have definitely gone there if I had pushed it, but we're at a gas station I'm not good. This is not a mind and heart changing moment for me where this guy is going to suddenly sign a Planned Parenthood fucking petition. Like, we're not going there, right? We're not going there. Uh, and there was no need to go there. At the end, so we're at the at the end of the day, New Mexicans, because um, they're in an RV, but with a separate vehicle. He gets in the car and his spouse, presumably, gets in the RV and she opens the window, yells out the window. He said he was going to help back me out, and he didn't. Can you help me back out? And so that's that's just the kind of people we are where I could have been like, fuck it, get yourself out of this shit, lady. You, you oh, right? <laughs> go get your Brandon. But um, I was like, yeah, sure, here, let's go. Let's get you out of here safely, do all the things. Maybe but because you wanted them to leave New Mexico. <laughs> Please get out of here safely so you can get out. <gasps> Not at all. Like, hey, stay here. Spend some money in the state. That's fine. Um, But, I mean, for, like, when you're on road trips for work or otherwise, with or without a kid, being a brown person inhabiting a brown body, even in a state where it's, we're majority brown individuals here, um, what does that, what does that mean for you? How do you, like, do you put yourself in a different mindset when you're on the road? I do, and it, I, honestly, the identity that screams loudest to me when I'm doing that is that I am femme. 
and female because I feel like that puts me at a vulnerable space for if I get a flat tire and dudes just think they're gonna even getting pulled over by police officers I feel like there is I'm hyper aware of a sexual assault. I'm hyper aware of being weaker. I'm hyper aware of being in a position of vulnerability as a female. Um, if it happens to be a, a white person, a white police officer, whatever, that comes second to me to that vulnerability feeling of being female. And do you do anything beforehand, um, like... I don't know, do you always have your phone on you? He's like, do you have a different mindset when you're getting yourself ready to go or what have you? Like? Well, I always carry a fila. And when I'm traveling, sometimes I'll like very nonchalantly put that fila, because it's usually like out, you can see it clipped to my pocket. Sometimes, depending on where we're at, I'll put it all the way in my pocket so that I could still have it. It's still handy, but it's not obvious and I'm like you I'm incredibly hyper aware even if I'm going from Las Cruces to El Paso to see my family I'm very hyper aware I'm hyper aware of the cars I'm that's just where I'm at so and I can only imagine doing like a 12 hour which I've done to LA or what have you but yeah crossing state lines it changes for me depending on what state if I'm driving into Arizona that shifts for me because now I'm brown and female and that's a whole different um, thing within our state I definitely that identity screams to me as female crossing states is different absolutely Um, being in Atlanta being in it changes for me and I also am um yes to weapons yes to pepper spray yes to my phone on me at all times yes to knowing my surroundings yes to making sure I never get low on gas because I don't want to get myself in a situation Um, having a reliable car is super important to me for those reasons so there's a lot of little anxiety things that I check off of my list to help me on a road trip especially if I'm by myself because I do feel Um, Like, there's a lot of shit that could happen, and I want to be prepared. Same. Same. And I'm sure that for our listeners, some of those things may resonate with them as they're traveling, as they're getting ready to, despite gas prices being so high, getting ready to hit the road. Okay, so last thing. We are, um, and we put a little bit of a clip out. We're we're both parents of kids who are graduating. Not that we're going to be empty nesters anytime soon, but um, I wanted to ask you, as <laughs> as a person who's been an educator, not recently, but you have been an educator, are you now at the point where some of the kids that you had as littles are graduating? Um, so most recently, one of my old students just started babysitting my daughter, um, and she drives and is like CPR certified and super responsible and all of it, and I feel so old. and. And at the same time, she's so lovely, and I just feel, like, immensely proud and um, happy that she is growing into such a beautiful young woman. Our son graduated. I'm so excited for the things that he is going to go figure out in the world um, and seeing his friends even graduate and having known them for several years and watching them grow up. But 
definitely some of the kiddos that I, I first was te- were, was able to teach are um, growing up. And it's so strange. And I will say, and this is not something that I wanted to necessarily talk about today, but I will also say there's a different, it hits a little bit different to think about, thank God that these babies were able to graduate because there are some children in this country who go to school and don't fucking come home and it's not okay so thank god that our children got through the public school system and were able to graduate well i still got one to go but our oldest children um were able to to make it through very true and we're just days off of um, the tragedy that happened in Texas, and that just hits hard, right, for a variety of reasons. As parents, as mamas, as a former, you know, former Texan, um, and then what? Not even just a couple days after what happened in Buffalo, like we just even can't catch a breath. Can't catch a breath. Can't get our wits about us. Can't make sense of any of it that is happening meanwhile new mexico continues to literally be on fire um and shit man i i don't even i don't even know what to care about anymore because i am so fucking tired of caring and that makes me feel sad and awful and like i just want to crawl into my little home and hold my kiddos tight forever and ever and never leave the house again well we're almost there we're heading back and we did have a, a pit stop to get um one of our coping mechanisms in the vehicle with us we stopped at gruay <laughs> so <laughs> so my partner's gonna be happy with me i think your partner will be happy with you as well with with the with what you got when you brought home so <sighs> this has been the weedy weedy for may i'm kat i'm charlene This has been the Pocha Podcast for May, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.